money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Apparently, we have a, a few people who are listening to the show who want to listen to us talk money. I know. I'm and, always amazed. And, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna say join in the conversation. You know, if you don't like what Reb are saying, yell at the radio. I mean we can't well, no. hear you, but you know Yeah, you can send us a note. I was just gonna say we, we love to get feedback. It's uh you can do that on our Facebook page at More Than Enough, Facebook, Facebook dot more than enough. Um, you can do that just by sending an email to info at more than enough if you want to do it via the uh, the the older well, generation. Just, and email. you know, it's anyone who hasn't listened to us before. Just so you know, Dave and I uh, run a business called More Than Enough Financial Fitness, and in that business, out of that business, we do this radio show because it is our heart to bring hope uh, to, for today and freedom for tomorrow in the area of finances, but also in the area of our relationship with the Lord, Mm -hmm. that uh, we talk here on the show about the heart issues around money because money and heart are so tied together. Jesus said to us, you can't serve God in mammon. That means you can't serve God while you're serving money and stuff. Either you'll love the one and hate the other or serve the one and or serve the other. So this is why we do what we do. So when you hear all these websites and we're encouraging you to go back to listen to archive shows or you're we're encouraging you to respond to us this is who we are this is part of what we do and um yeah just to you know get us and just like today we recognize that we are just regular normal people so we bring experts and people who have more wisdom onto the show yes than than reb and i can give you because there are lots of there's just lots of things to talk about around the hard issues around money so we have a guest with us john kerr welcome back to the show john Thanks, Dave. Yeah, so John joined us. If you missed the show that we did with John, it was, I would say, maybe a little bit more technical, but just a revolutionary thought of giving, not only giving from your cash, but also seeing if there's a way that you can give from your assets. And 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 it's called in-kind donations. In-kind donations. um, There's some, those are the technical terms. Listen to the show. Look in the archives, morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. Again, if you want to listen in the podcast form, it's on iTunes. Just search uh, Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb, and you'll get that podcast right into your smartphone. So, you know, we're just continuing the conversation we started around giving from our assets as opposed to giving just from our cash. And I'm going to read actually some scripture that actually ties quite nicely in. Last week we talked about um, building for ourselves treasure on earth and um, Mm -hmm. that Jesus encouraged us to be uh, or severely stated <laughs> that we Didn't, should. That was no encouragement. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was like a, a pretty yeah. direct. That we need to be rich toward God in our attitude and in our giving. Um, but I'm going to read from Acts 4, and we all know this. And I, I often hear us making excuses for these verses of why mm. we don't do it like this today. But I'm going to read them and 
uh, just let the Holy Spirit speak to us about these things. So this comes from Acts 4, and this follows Peter and John's imprisonment, uh, or not imprisonment, but they were taken before the Sanhedrin and said, you can't uh, speak about Jesus anymore. So a man was healed. You know, we know you, it, you know, a miracle happened, but don't do it in the name of Jesus anymore. And then they uh, responded by saying, well, we're just going to pray for boldness. So God gave them boldness. And then this is also what happened. Verse 32. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And uh, uh, Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. There's I, when I read these, I just there's just so much in here. But one of the things that jumps out at me first is that there's one person named among them that gave when they were all giving, and but there's one, and his name was Barnabas, and we know him as the son of encouragement or the son of consolation, as another translation says. And I think this this these verses capture me Mm -hmm. because I think what would it look like today if we said that uh, everything we possessed was not our own but we shared it in common that's a a revolutionary idea for our nation I think yes and no right so I mean you talk about revolutionary but if we go back to Deuteronomy and we, we look at how God set up the the basically the economy for the Jewish people in Deuteronomy. That's where a lot of the law we we call it the law, but really it was God setting up the economy and saying, "This is how I want you to live when you enter the promised land, when you enter this land flowing with milk and honey." And often when it talks about money, this little phrase, "So that there will be no poor among you." pops up three or four times. And you love that and phrase. And I love it because what would Canada look like if we all shared, if we all gave from our assets like Barnabas did with the byproduct? This is a byproduct that there would be no poor among us. I know, but I'm like convicted just listening to this verse this morning because it is a very, yeah, I, and I've heard us as, I've heard me give excuses. Well, that was then, you know, that was the beginning of the church. How great. La, 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 la. Well, what if we didn't excuse it away anymore? Like, and I, I like, I'm not there yet. I don't think um, I, I'm working towards it because sometimes I think we have this lack and, and, or think we are in lack because we're not sharing what we have. We're not sharing our expertise, our time, our resources, on a level that's more than 10%. Because statistically, 
according to Stats Canada, we give less than 1% as Canadians to charity. Mm. Less than 1%. we are not, and, we, and people ask us about tithing all the time. We're not going there today. But people ask us about tithing all the time, and we're like, we don't even give 1%. We're like mm-hmm. we give we give we yep. give tithe we give a tithe to um, the banks actually mm-hmm. for interest. Again, statistically, we know that about eleven percent of the income of the Canadian family mm-hmm. goes to service our debt, and less than one percent goes goes to actually any charity mm-hmm. across the board. Right. So, looking at that, and going, oh man, what would Canada what would look, look like, like if we just switch those numbers? You know, the banks can still make a little bit of money. I'm okay with that, right? So, so John, let's bring you into the conversation. You, you've been patiently waiting here. <laughs> but we're talking, we started the conversation about this giving from our assets, giving in kind to charities in specific. And, and this is, we, we, we know that when we give to a charity, they have to be a registered Canadian charity, that there, there has to be um, some accountability there from a, a technical standpoint. But we want to talk today in this, in our giving, how our hearts speak to us in our giving. And so in your experience as a financial advisor for 40 years, you know, you've got a CFP designation, which is a certified financial planner. You've got an EPC, which is an elder planner, right? Elder planner, is that right? So you see a lot of that assets um, moving around. And, and so can you just come in and, and maybe start the conversation in your experience and seeing how people's hearts interact with this money part? Well, I think that we sometimes stereotype people and say that really well-to-do people are all greedy and that's how they got there. <laughs> and we also take the other extreme and say, well, those poor people who aren't giving anything are poor because they're lazy. And that really isn't the case. Some people right. f- fall upon hard times, and it could be a death in the family, mm-hmm. um, separation, divorce. Many things cause people to fall behind financially. Mm-hmm. Business um, failure or, or even just building failure. a business. For sure, yeah. For sure. Um, but what I have found is that I think it's important for people to learn to tithe always w- something. Mm-hmm. And I used to say to the young couples when we went to pre-marriage class and we'd speak at that, I'd say – if you don't learn to give when you're poor, you're never going to give when you're rich. Yeah. And I think it has to become a habit. And as Rebecca's brought up, I think it has to be upon your heart that you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And you have to receive the, the joy of giving to others and, and not just doing it as an obligation. And right. David, your numbers are really right. The, the other number I've heard is the good news is that Christians do better than the average Canadian. The bad news is not much better. No. <laughs> we give one and a half. I think the number I heard was one and a half percent of our yeah. income goes to charity, and yet the minimum our Bible prescribes is 10% in the Old Testament. And I think when you read the New Testament, you're going to find Jesus a, really wants us to do yeah. a lot better. That's it's what significantly like higher in yeah, the New Testament. Where, so <laughs> how, how did we end up at 1.5%? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that is – what a question that is because we could – there are different kinds of answers. It's it's what you actually mentioned last week in your industry that struck me. Um, you mentioned last week that it, you know greed and fear are behind the financial planning industry. Greed for I can't remember how you phrased it. Well, we want more and more, yeah. right? So, so we can have more and more stuff, stuff right? Um, but then 
fear that you won't have enough in retirement. And then you said that at the end, now that you're, you know, in your 60s, that you're saying, man, I don't need as much as I thought I did. And now I have these assets and I can give uh, out of these assets. And that's what we talked about last week about um, not just giving out of cash, but about giving. um, How did you phrase it? Because I don't know the lingo, but giving in kind individual stocks or securities. Yes. Okay. So and then knowing that your charity can accept those kinds of donations. So you can go back and listen to that one in particular. But I I was uh, just talking with you convicted about, you know, you know, we, people are listening to these shows and maybe maybe some of them have turned it off already. But there is, I think, a conviction we shouldn't avoid around this area of giving. If Jesus says to us in Luke 12 that we should be rich toward God and not ourselves, that we have to be careful of greed. You know, and then we read in Acts 4 that they shared everything and they were happy to do so. Where Where are we? That that we are giving like one percent, like I don't. I where does that you know? I've been, I know my own heart, and I own know my own capacity for selfishness. That when you buy something, you want to keep it for yourself. Or I'm I'm thinking about you know driving a nice car. You know, in some ways, I'm glad we haven't had super nice cars because I'd be worried that it was going to get banged up or I'd run into something or you know just get the first accident over with or the dent over with. So you're not so stressed that your BMW's got a ding. Like, mm-hmm. where have we gone that we're so concerned about our stuff and and not doing what what Barnabas did? Well, and I think, I think again, when we, we look at this idea of giving from our assets, and, and again, John, I want you to jump in here, but the, the, the fear around not having enough that, um, you know, I, I work hard, I'm, I'm smart, I save up during my working years, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing all the right things. Uh, and and last last week we read some some verses from Luke chapter twelve and and that's what the farmer did. He said, "Hey, I you know I planted in the field and God made this incredible bounty increase, and now I have a problem. I need bigger barns." Mm-hmm. And the question really that that comes out of those verses is, uh, so if God gives you increase, is the increase for you to store up? Or is the increase mm. for you to do as Barnabas did to, to say, you know what? That's my nest egg, but I am so excited about what God is doing in Jerusalem right now. And we need money to fund this thing. So I am just going to sell stuff and I'm going to lay it at the disciples' feet so that we can get this Jesus message into the world. And again, that's Dave's paraphrase of, of Barnabas, <laughs> what Barnabas is thinking. But connecting those two to recognize that God is the one who brings the increase. And yes, we need to be smart. And yes, he gives us wisdom. And yes, but sometimes what makes sense to us, let's build a bigger barn and then I'm going to eat, drink and, and relax. And God's going, no, wait a minute. That wasn't my plan. Uh, and so as a financial advisor and, and as a retired advisor and helping people to navigate through those decisions, John, do, do you ask that question? So, you know, are you sure that this increase is actually for for living and that the increase isn't just for giving? 
I don't think that I was in the habit of asking clients that, but I think it's something that they need to ask and we all need mm-hmm. to ask ourselves. Um, I mean, if you look at all the ads for retirement, they're always about, then I can live on this tropical island and go on this cruise and do all these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's never an ad saying, showing somebody giving it away. Right, right. So, um, <laughs> good, good point, John. So, yeah. Because that's, uh, but that's not what we're working towards. Even as Christians in Canada, mm-hmm. we're not working towards. Uh, n- not everyone. I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Um, you know, as a blanket statement. You know, maybe there are those people who are living. Well, last week, Rebecca, I just briefly mentioned taking a course on generous giving. Mm -hmm. So here might be a challenge for you and Dave and maybe all of the listeners. Why don't you pick a number of how much you really need to live on and anything you make beyond that you give away. Mm -hmm. Instead of giving 10% or 20% and you're still keeping the other 80 and building up for another Mm -hmm. barn, maybe we need to say, I'm going to live on whatever your number is, $90,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And anything I make beyond that in my business or income, I'm going to gift that away. Mm-hmm. And there are people in the States, mm-hmm. given this by testimony, that have done that and their businesses have been very blessed. Mm-hmm. There was one man and he, you know, he, he said 150000 yep. which is which many of us would think would be pretty good income. Mm-hmm. But his business made 800000 one year. So guess what? He gave away 650000 mm-hmm. So he almost flipped that around and said, Maybe I'll live on ten percent of what I make and give away ninety. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and and again, you know, because we're numbers guys, John and I, you know, we look at those numbers and and we want to quantify that. And and there's a certain amount of of um, planning and and a certain amount of stick to itiveness. Again, for the person who's committed and said, you know, my how much of an how much is enough number, whatever that number is for you. Once you reach it, then there's a, a significant amount of freedom to go, all right, I'm, I am going to give the, the rest away. And that affects our heart because then we're not greedy. We're not chasing greed. We're not chasing more. Uh, and we're also not being in fear that there won't be enough because – but God here's a heart issue around it because what I'm, I can hear in you know, our heads, some of us, is but it's my it's mine, but I work for it. Why would I set myself a, a cap? And I've I've we've we've been on the generous giving uh, weekend. Mm-hmm. We have friends who have done that, who have set themselves a cap and then give away everything above that. Um, you know, maybe that's a new idea for the listeners, where you decide how much is enough. And right now, some listeners are in debt, and. And they're saying, well, how do we, how do, how do we do that? You know, and I'm not saying I have any answers, but I do hear that, you know, how do you get from this isn't my stuff? I'm not working for myself to it's God's stuff. I mean, that's a big question. How do we get, because I think that's at the heart of it, isn't it? Like, oh, I think for sure. I mean, I can come on this show and sound really good about about <laughs> God's business. But then you come and Dave says, well, show me your bank account, John. I want to see where all these all checks right. went. And mm-hmm. then he realizes, well, you can talk it, John, but you're not living it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're still spending a lot of stuff, you know, money on yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dave and I deal with that all the time, John, because, I mean, we get convicted. You know, here we're, we speak it and say it, but we're on the journey like everybody else mm-hmm. is. We've not arrived. We're, you know, we've... We're just like everybody else, but that is a, a, 
in our in my 10 year journey in in finance in this coaching business and what we do it more than enough the lord is showing me daily how i'm attached to money and things mm-hmm. and am i going to am i willing to yield and sometimes all it takes is obedience our heart may not be there yet so if you're listening and you're knowing even if it's a small giving gift it's you know of your time or volunteer anything and right now you're listening and you're thinking i just don't want to do it step out and do it anyway because sometimes our heart does catch up with the obedience then you start to see the joy there is joy in giving there is joy in helping i mean the lord says to us quite severely in the in first john about loving our neighbor and if we say we love god and don't love our brother then the love of god's not in us but then there's other verses tied to that that say if you see your brother in need and don't help like you're despicable you're, i don't i can't you're remember you're worse than an unbeliever you're worse with, whatever that means but yeah so. right so i can tell you one story my wife and i hosted a couple from haiti and they were it was almost like a a weekend away for them that mm-hmm. somebody had arranged them to come up from haiti and they lived very very frugally there and i remember he was telling about one of the men that worked for him and he, he would walk to church with no shoes so i decided to give them a pair of my shoes to take back for his friend and I was feeling pretty good and then overnight I felt convicted I just bought a brand new pair of shoes Mm -hmm. so Reb what pair of shoes do you think I gave him I gave him my old ones I didn't give him the new pair of shoes they were for me Mm -hmm. and I just felt convicted the next day I said I can get another new pair of shoes I gave him the new ones and he he just his face lit up and he said you have no idea what this will mean to this man he's been walking to I think he was a pastor actually Mm -hmm. and he walks to his church two miles in the Haitian sun with no Mm -hmm. shoes and this and I gave it to I gave it to this man for him and Mm -hmm. then he said no I'm going to give it to this pastor man who has no shoes so I was looking at his shoes saying, I'm going to bless this man that's staying with me. <laughs> He's and he turned around and gave it to someone else. Yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned just while before the show that there is an element of sacrificial giving that we don't understand. So while this, this man you were giving the shoes to, you know, also needed shoes, he was going to give it to someone who... And he was giving sacrificially, yes. but I wasn't. All yeah. I was doing was giving a new pair of shoes, which in the course of our monthly or annual budget for any of us wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, and there we go. There's a whole other issue as part of that. You know, I think Barnabas and the people of the early church in Acts 4 were giving sacrificially, but they wouldn't have considered it a sacrifice. And this is Dave's actual, we have these discussions all the time at home. Mm-hmm. It's just what, it's just obedience. It's not a sacrifice. It's if, if we're to give ourselves as a living sacrifice every day, then obedience is just part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's more costly to our bank account. Mm-hmm. And, and recognizing that, you know, we put, you know, even our discussion, today has been on on a bit the temporal level giving away shoes giving you know you know we might have to skip a dinner or, or something you know giving sacrificially for the stuff here but again if we go back to the motivation that Barnabas had in selling his property was eternal reward it was mm-hmm. the message of Jesus Christ needs to get from Jerusalem to the ends of the world because that was the commission that they'd just been given by Christ, not that 
not that early before. And Jesus said, you got to go into the world and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we go, wait a minute. The motivation for, for, for Barnabas was eternal. It was people are dying. People are dying spiritually. And I'm going to use some of my temporal money to get them into heaven. There's no sacrifice here. The, the the reward, the eternal reward to see one person saved, we know that all heaven rejoices when one person saves. And and do we have that same vision as Barnabas and some, had? Sometimes I wonder when you read it, how did it start? Like, mm-hmm. how did they? But I think it started with the need. And it was mm-hmm. a physical need. Mm-hmm. And that we see physical needs. If you have something today that you know you can share with your neighbor to help them, if you could take their child for two hours so the mom can get a nap, if you could go... That's pick, really important. You just got I know, that, right? The, the mom, <laughs> napping is really important to a new mom. If you, if you feel like you can make a dinner, if you could drive kids to hockey, mm-hmm. any of those things that you think, if you have debt and you think, well, I just, I just can't give that out of the asset. I don't have, like mm-hmm. you said that last week, no, this asset giving, not everyone can do it because they don't have the asset. But even if you're in debt, you can still give and share what you have because I think that, that God wants that revolution to happen in our nation, in our city, mm-hmm. that we start giving so that there is no lack. And when we give one thing, someone has something else to share. And and it supplies the need in the community. And I mean, we could do a whole so, show on community, but... And, and, and I want to, you know, we are coming to the end of the show, but I want to highlight... Uh, the assets that we do have. We have been talking about financial assets these last number of shows with you, John, and, and certainly appreciate your wisdom in coming in and sharing that with us. But everyone has five assets. We have financial assets. We have time as an asset. We have opportunity as an asset. We have relationships as an asset. And did expertise. I Talent. I was talent. I, I, I was up four. I had to make sure we were going to get to five. But so time, talent, opportunity, relationships, and financial. So if you are, we've been talking about giving in kind and giving financially out of that. But that's only one out of the five assets that every person here listening to this show has available to them. And if we start giving from those five assets again, what would the world around us look like? And I think, go sit down, write it on a piece of paper, write those five things down and, and write down what you have. Mm-hmm. You have rich abundance from the Father that He wants us giving back to Him. And if we, you, there, don't think you don't have anything to give because you mm-hmm. do. And, and just to wrap up, the end goal here is eternal, <laughs> is, is eternal. And not just eternal mm-hmm. rewards, but eternal impact that if I give my time to look after that baby so that that mother mm-hmm. can get the nap, then that has a- an impact eternally. It can, right? And so as we look at that going, again, I'll just go over them, our time, our talent, our opportunity, our relationships, and our money. You may not now have money to give the way you want to give. Well, that's fine. You might have some time. You might have some talent. You might have some opportunity or relationships that you can give from. 
So, Lord, we just uh, thank you for the many assets that you give and deposit in us for the purpose that we spend them here on earth so that they will have an impact for eternity. And so, Lord, as we uh, as we wrap up this conversation, we thank you for your grace to us. We thank you for your love for us. And we thank you for the many assets that we have that will change the world around us for eternity. Amen. Well, if you have enjoyed this show, I certainly have. Thank you thank again, you, John, John, for, for being, being here. here. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, if you need to listen to other shows, you certainly can get them on chri.ca, morethanenough.ca. Uh, you can get the podcast off iTunes. And just search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb and join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.